Hello. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you are listening to the nuanced naturopaths. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Giggling to start with. Yeah. We just need to get the giggles out of the way and then we can get into the, the serious business yeah. of the nuanced naturopaths. In which there will be more giggles, to be sure. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but we just get the, the the excess giggles out the way first. You know, if you're if you're a listener, you know this. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, that's because we're being our true, authentic selves. Yeah. We're not we're not like changing or 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 masking or you just get you just get Julie and Corinda mm-hmm. being silly, raw as. Raw as. Yeah. Um, what are we doing today, Corinda? Today, Julie, we are doing a part two of our last episode that ended very abruptly. Uh, if you haven't listened to that, uh, please go check it out. There's a fun little blooper Easter egg at the end. Um, so we are continuing our talk on mitochondria and spe- more specifically in this episode, mitochondrial dysfunction. What So in the first part, we spoke about what your mitochondria are. We laid the scene for you. We laid the foundation. Listen to that if you haven't already to get a better idea of what we're talking about. You'll you'll be able to get the most out of this episode with all our advice and tips and stuff if you sort of have that foundation laid from the first one. So yes, today is about mitochondrial dysfunction. Where does it go wrong? How can we help support our mitochondria to get the best out of them and to feel fully well in our human bodies and yep. to pick up where we left off. So to refresh all of our memories in the last episode, we were just talking about the flow of electrons in the electron transport chain. And we were likening it to a game of pass the parcel, which upon re-listening, like we did not plan that analogy, but that, 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 no. That worked really well. It's perfect, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad the flow, uh, the electron flow took us there. Um, mm-hmm. And so we are just talking about how that chain can go wrong where lone electrons can fall out of line, can fall out of that chain and then start to wreak havoc on the mitochondria, on the cell. And mm. I guess let's let's pick up from there. So, okay, so electrons fall out of the chain. So what, Julie? What is so what? I'm going to go, I'm, and we also didn't rehearse this. No. Um, but I'm going to go with an analogy that one of my lecturers gave us in a class. It was hilarious at the time um, because he had a, a quite a strong accent, ugh, multiple accents, a Brazilian slash Italian accent. Oh. And he was saying, you know, guys, the ROS, the re- reactive oxygen species, is like a guy in the nightclub who loses his girlfriend, but he has to find another girlfriend. So, so he goes and takes another girl from another couple. And then that guy, because he's lost his girlfriend, he has to go and find another girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so it wreaks havoc in the nightclub. Uh-huh. Because there is this chain of needing to find a partner yeah. for these electrons all the way through. So I really like that. It was very memorable. Yeah. 
Nice. And um, had us in stitches and I've never forgotten it since. But it also makes sense to me too because the the electrons in the cell membrane mm. and also in the membrane of the mitochondria mm. are made um, from these um, lipids molecules, sorry, um, that are bound together by electrons. Yep. So you see, it, 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 it just slashes through the molecules of these membranes yeah. and makes a mess of them. So the lone causing inflammation. Okay. So lone electrons fall out of line in the mitochondria, make chaos in the mitochondrial membranes to try and find another electron pair because they need to be in pairs, cross Mm -hmm. the mitochondrial membrane barrier, start causing chaos in the cell membrane itself to, again, Mm -hmm being a creepy incessant guy at the club trying to find a partner uh desperate ragingly desperate to find a partner uh trying to steal stealing successfully stealing electrons from the membrane keeping in mind electrons are what keeping uh, electrons are what is keeping that membrane together yep surprise cell membranes are really important for everything (laughs) (laughs) because they keep the stuff in they keep the stuff in and quite diligently control what goes in and out yeah if we're talking about health and symptoms and well-being uh your cells gotta work right and uh a good cell good healthy cell has a good functioning membrane loose single electrons on the fly not good for cell membranes creates inflammation Then you've got inflammation that that can start in one cell that turns into a whole body thing. It turns into a tissue thing and then it can spread and your body is picking up on the signal of something's wrong and we need to deal with it. And that's where a lot of symptoms come from as well. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yes. Um, we also have the situation where, um, other mitochondria within that cell start to detect that there's an issue going on. Mm -hmm. And so the cell membranes of those mitochondria start adjusting for, um, in, in what's called the cell danger response, they start tightening up. And I think I mentioned that in the Mm. last episode. Um, so then that can limit the amount of energy that is you, that is released by that mitochondria but it can also uh, limit the amount of um, the transfer of information, if you like, between in and out of that mitochondria. Yeah. So it starts. So that can start contributing to things like fatigue and, mm. um, you know, like in chronic fatigue syndrome. But also, it starts to affect the communication to the immune cells, mm. um, and and alters the way that the immune system works as well yeah and and again as i'm sure we're both imagining right now the array of symptoms that that can lead to and seeing people in um you know with kind of like autoimmune like symptoms or just sick all the time or like never quite recovered or random rashes or lots of headaches like things like that your cells are just not running efficiently and yeah, we wanted to start, we wanted to explain the electron transport chain to you first before diving into what is mitochondrial dysfunction, because 
I think would you would you agree, Julie? It's fair to say that mitochondrial dysfunction starts with electrons. Like it's an electron. Yep. It, it starts with the electrons, and then that can create inflammation and and cell damage. Yep. Yep. Not the only mechanism, but yep. it it certainly starts with electrons. Yeah. Yeah. So we want our electrons flowing nicely. We want there to be plentiful electrons in the mitochondria. Mm-hmm. But um, not too many in one place. Ah. <laughs> Sorry, is that a <laughs> nuance I detect? <laughs> <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Uh, Did we have a sign for that? No. Oh, yeah. We. Uh, I'm sure we've cycled through many different sounds, um, mm. yeah, depending on the day that we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nuance alert. That's right. <laughs> so, yes. Th- so, obviously... We're making some pretty frank statements, but even within those frank statements from us, there's nuance, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. Is it a good time to actually mention the types of conditions that have been associated with mitochondrial dysfunction? Oh, it's a great time for that. Yeah. Because I have a list in front of me. (laughs) Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh, shoot, shoot, shoot. Okay, so so I'll work through parts of the body, keeping in mind that a diagnosis uh, of a condition is most likely related to the mitochondria within the cell. Mm. Sorry, the, yeah, the mitochondria within the cell, within the tissue of that part of the body. So if we were talking about in the brain, mm. So mitochondrial dysfunction in the brain cells, mm. then we might see things such as neurodegeneration, things like Parkinson's disease, um, ataxia, epilepsy, deep myelination, so MS, mm. uh, cognitive decline, psychiatric symptoms, migraines, stroke. We might also, you know, if we're going into, say, the eyes, would there be a visual impairment um, retinitis pigmentosa, op- optic neuropathy and cataracts. It could also be hearing deficits. So if it's in cells that relate to hearing, if we were talking about in the heart, it might be cardiomyopathy and conduction defects. So things like atrial fibrillation. Um, if we were talking about the kidneys, it'd be kidney, kidney dysfunction in the pancreas, diabetes, and um, that could be type one. It could also be type two. Mm. Um, uh, liver disease, um, obviously in the liver, um, in the digestive system, it could be malabsorption or diarrhea, uh, then reproductive organs would be infertility, premature menopause, um, in, uh, the sort of the, the blood system might be anemia, immunological defects. Then there's uh, muscle weakness, cramps, tiredness in exercise. So that mm. again is, you know, chronic fatigue type syndrome. Um, or, or, and when I say that, I mean, it could also be these sorts of fatigue conditions that come with, um, say, long COVID, that they're very mm. similar in their presentation. Um, and then sensory or motor neuropathies. Now, all of these conditions have all um there are all there are papers written that have an association between mitochondrial dysfunction and these conditions Mm -hmm. 
And I think it's it's good how you highlighted like, so mitochondrial dysfunction isn't just like one condition in and of itself where you'll get like one set of symptoms. It It, it is all context dependent on what cells mm. of the body are we talking about? Where is the mitochondria that is dysfunctioning? Obviously there, there are conditions where I would highly suspect that can become a more broad thing throughout a lot of the body where people start to get those real more broad global symptoms of general fatigue, general tiredness day in, day out. But it, it, yeah, it's good to remember that this can be in specific areas. Yeah. Mm. Just as there are diseases associated with specific organs, when we're talking about mitochondrial dysfunction, it's, yeah, it gets organ specific, I guess, system specific. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's not to say that it couldn't happen in two different, well, in a a multiple of systems Mm. simultaneous, simultaneously. Yeah. (laughs) So that's why electrons are important because going through that chain in your mitochondria, that's how you make energy. And that's how your cells do anything they need to do, which is everything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we've spoken about where it can go wrong. We've spoken about what mitochondrial dysfunction is. What's next? (laughs) Um, Well, I think we need to also just briefly touch on structured water, just just a little insight, something that we'll cover in a subsequent episode in more detail. But just to say that, so we know that water comes in liquid form, in solid form, in the form of ice, and in the form of gas, steam. But there's another form of water, which uh, is called structured water, and it's more like a gel form. And it is hypothesized, well, quite strongly hypothesized now. I mean, the existence of structured water, I think, is confirmed. Mm. The existence of it in the body, I believe, is confirmed. Um, And within the cell, um, and what it does is it, it transmits a signal throughout the body. It's also suspected to form part of our fascia, but that's beyond the scope of this episode. Um, So it's really important that we have this structured water, which is again built around the number of electrons Mm. and the the structure of it. So it's um, H3O2, so three Mm. hydrogen uh, molecules to two oxygen molecules. Oh, it's H3O2. H3O2. Yeah. Oh, okay. And the structured water is needed to prevent damage cre- created by uh, re- reactive oxygen species or or excessive reactive oxygen species. Yeah. Um, or what we might call oxidants. So structured water is this is this protective can help protect ourselves. Yes, yes. Well, it's in, integral to the to the healthy function of cells is mm. to have water in this form. Mm. So removing 
having an imbalance of electrons within a cell or within a mitochondria can can disrupt this um, the structure of this water. Mm, okay, so another reason why it's very crucial that we've got the right amount of electrons in the right flow. Yeah, it's complicated, isn't it? <laughs> I, I feel like we need a sound for that too. It's complex. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and. I guess as a quick aside there, like you, you're always welcome to ask us questions in the DM uh, um, or reply to us on Spotify if you're listening there, um, if you have any questions that are specific to anything that we mention in any episode, even mm. when it's complex, especially when it's complex, we we want to try our best to make sure this can make sense for you. And also if this is the first time that you're hearing about most of these terms it's okay if you're not, this is not to be learned in an instant. This is stuff yeah. that personally Julie and I have had to revise over and over and over. And we've got the foundation of, of chemistry in from our, yeah. um, from our studies. So go easy on yourself. If you're like, Oh, I want to get it, but I'm just not getting it. We're, we're, we're all trying our best. You, the listener, <laughs> we, the podcasters, we're all trying our best. <laughs> yeah. It's, sometimes with these really complex things, you need to hear it in a number of different ways yeah. for it to really land. And I think everybody's different in the way they need to to hear something. So, yeah, um, yeah very happy to answer questions. Yeah, word things in different up. ways. Um, and, and as I did with the part one of this um, of this sequence, um, check out the show notes because, you know, I'll pop links to diagrams, take a look at, at diagrams of mitochondria and the electron tr- transport chain and, and we'll post um, any relevant papers as well because um, mm. it might be easier for you to read these words and not, and not hear them. It's the good news. <laughs> the good news after all this bad news. There are a number of ways that we can help ourselves and our mitochondria to function as well as possible. Bad news. Oh, you've got to do something about it. Good news. There are many things within your control. One of those things to start us off is supporting your circadian rhythm. And this is something that can be applied to so many contexts when we talk about health. When I'm crapping on about hormones, I'm talking about circadian rhythm all the time. I I crapped on about it a whole bunch in the latest episode of my other podcast. Like it's it's so big. So your circadian rhythm is your sleep-wake cycle. It is your daily rhythm. It is your body responding to morning light. It is your body uh, producing cortisol to get to wake you up to help you energize you throughout the day. And it is the slow fall of cortisol as the day goes on and it slowly gets darker. And it is the rise of melatonin in your body as it gets darker. Darkness is needed for melatonin production. Why do we care about melatonin? Well, yes, it's great for sleep, but it's also a master antioxidant in your body. So all those oxidants and reactive oxygen species we were talking about, uh, turns out melatonin, is really important for helping uh, deal with any damage caused by those pesky things, mm-hmm. um, as well as helping you get a good quality sleep. Also acknowledging how important sleep is for just about everything and also acknowledging how many 
genes in different parts of your body in your body are regulated by mitochondria by melatonin uh we've got genes that respond to the time of day that it is we have functions in cells that are going on and off based on how much light they're detecting set as mm-hmm. sensed by your mitochondria so how do we support a good circadian rhythm personally i think most of it comes back to light if we're going from start of day to end of day i'm thinking no artificial light as soon as you wake up until you can get straight direct morning light even if you don't have to be seeing the sun rising all the time although a sunrise is great in terms of yeah it's the best way to do it (laughs) yeah the frequency of light that it emits is mm, chef's kiss um so getting outside not putting your face in front of a screen or turning on lights if you can help it for the start of your day if you wake up before sunrise for work getting a pair of blue light blocking glasses and keeping them on until you can see natural light is wonderful. Um, so trying trying to get the first light that you're exposed to to be natural sunlight. Mm. Spending time outdoors throughout the day wherever possible. So if you work in an office, if you can take breaks, walks around the block or eat your lunch outside, that's going to also help support that circadian signal. And And just remembering that, Yes, we respond to light through our eyes, but there are many, many receptors all over your body that are responding to light. I was just going to say, including the backs of the knees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Specific. <laughs> and strange. <laughs> and yeah. Oh, I want to look into that. Um, so yeah, natural. And I know how simple that sounds. Side note, uh, go outside. You know, it's... and. Yeah. Don't, don't fall into the trap. You know, I explain this to clients sometimes. Don't fall into the trap of going, oh, that's so simple. No, no, no. The answer needs to be more complicated. Because mm-hmm. when we give simple answers, people tend to go, no, that's too easy. And, and fall into a bit of a trap of like, no, that's so easy. Like, would it even do anything if I actually did it? That seems too simplistic. Yeah. yeah. But then we might give something a little more complicated. And then it's like, mm, that was too complicated to follow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So don't fall into that mental trap because the trap is there and you can avoid it. <laughs> the the way that I explain it to people is that you know, you think about the fact well, we're animals. Um we keep talking about we are animals. We have evolved in an environment where we wake up ideally with the sun. That when mm. the sun comes up, we wake up. Mm. And then we go outside to maybe hunt or gather our food. Mm. You know, if we were living living that traditional lifestyle, mm. all of these things would be happening naturally. Yeah. And these simple things that we're giving people to do are really just taking us back to that mm-hmm. traditional way of living that we've evolved to do, to be. Yeah. <laughs> It's as simple as that. Yeah. yeah. Because we've come very far with modernity that we kind of just need to go back to the simple ways. And um, mm. and you know what? Permission slip. Let your medicine be simple. No, it's not, mm. it's not a rule that it has to be complicated for, to work, you know. It doesn't have to be this huge convoluted answer and go, oh, that's what it's been this whole time. That's my solution. No, let it be yeah. simple. It's allowed to be simple it- sometimes. Here's a weird analogy that I've just thought of. 
which you can cut out if it's really stupid. But imagine if fish had evolved the technology to, to have a little bubble that takes them out of the water mm. and, I don't know, ride around on push bikes or something. Mm. And after a while, the water in their bubble gets murky and the fish are like, oh, I'm really sick. <laughs> and then the fish naturopath says, what you need is just to go for a swim. <laughs> <In the water. laughs> and the fish goes, no, 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 it's way too simple. Yeah. We're sophisticated beings now. We've got bubbles and bicycles. Yeah. Is yeah. that too weird? No, that is not too weird. I, I love that analogy. Because I think that's what's happened is that yeah. we're so far rem removed from the way that we've evolved to be yeah. that it it just seems it's too simple to just go out in the sunshine. Right. Whereas imagine having a conversation with a caveman about this who could speak English. That's theoretically, yeah. they would just be like, like, like it's so obvious it's just a joke go outside yeah. to feel better like yeah like we live outside yeah yeah, <laughs> <What's>, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah sun, sorry natural sunlight uh yeah <laughs> all day every day <laughs> yeah I have to say I mean I I have similar conversations with with some some of the Balinese people mm. like like this I mean, yeah. I had one last night where I was explaining that, you know, we need to be outside and spending time in nature. And they're like, and, this, and the guy's like, and? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you do that anyway. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Keep doing but it. Yeah. Keep at it. Yeah. So let it, let it be simple. Yes. And then, so to cap that off in terms of supporting a good circadian rhythm, as the day goes on, as the sun sets, if you can get, if you can be in the light of a natural sunset, that's also great. The frequencies from that, great, really, yep, great at letting your body know, ah, the sun, the day is winding down. Let's relax now. And, you know, I know this is can be a, bis, a big adjustment, but, you know, if it's dark outside, it should not be bright as anything inside your home. Mm -hmm. Using overhead, like, fluorescent lighting, blue blue light bulbs having TVs on phones in faces with no filtration is contributing to a lot of our human dysfunction you know mm -hmm. yes in the realm of the obvious ones like sleep disorders but quite frankly I believe in everything else so filter your blue light at night if the sun is in bed I don't want to say so should you because you know that can get complicated with daylight savings. We don't want to go to bed at fucking 6 p.m. But <laughs> if it's dark outside, you should be really conscious of what light is coming into your eyes, what light is in your house. Candlelight is great. Orange amber light is great, um, especially for the early evening. As it gets closer to bedtime, I'm, you know, let's say 8 to 10 p.m., as dark as possible is preferable. Red light. If anything, if you need light, red light would be most ideal. You can also buy blue light blocking glasses that have the red lenses. Um, mm. that, that's what I would recommend for like nighttime. I'm ready to start winding down and, and get sleepy. You can, And you'll also find ones that have like a paler yellow or amber lens, which can be used for different times throughout the day. Um, but the red ones, red light, think of red as cancelling out blue and... A blue light suppresses melatonin production. 
in fucks with your mitochondria. The only thing that I would like to add to that is just to explain that in the morning, the morning at sunrise is when there is the most amount of blue light mm. coming from the sun. Mm. And as the day progresses, there is less and less of that blue light and therefore more of the the red light. Yep. And that's the original master regulator mm. of our circadian rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um because I don't, I, you, your explanation was beautiful. Mm. I just thought I'd add that in there. Yeah. Oh no, well. please. And and it's good to sort of like yeah touch on the frequencies of light because when you put it like that as the natural rhythm, you can see how easily we've hijacked our whole day to just be blue light, blue light, blue light. When you consider that blue light is what is emitted from most. Mm. conventional lighting artificial lighting um screens phones tvs mm. but yeah we're, we're just overriding that gradual increase of red with just mm. blue 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 and our bodies are mm. like what time of day is <laughs> yeah yeah and um the amount the proportion of blue light that is in, say, compact, compact fluorescent lights or LEDs mm. is so over and above the natural frequency makeup mm. that you get from the. I mean, not to mention the fact that this the 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 blue light to red light ratio is changing all the time during the day, mm. and 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 our lights are a static amount of different frequencies but they're yeah. also all all unnatural they they do not occur in in those ratios anywhere in nature yeah they just they just made up these light bulbs because um they wanted to make them as bright as possible and as energy efficient as possible which is yeah. fair mm-hmm. but they just didn't know about how it affects our bodies yeah which is unfortunate yeah. So that's how light is important when it comes to your mitochondrial function. Now, I did mention one kind of melatonin. Julie, would you like to take us away with another kind of melatonin that is very important for mitochondrial health and healing? Yes. So we produce melatonin for sleep and regulation of circadian rhythm in the pineal gland mm-hmm. in as a response to uh, the blue light that Mm -hmm. we're receiving and in response to other factors in the body, Mm. how we're using our steroid hormones, Mm. pregnenolone and stuff like that, which brings up an interesting point about how the mitochondria regulates hormones, but that's another. Mm. Another. Also, we, we and we spoke yeah. about that more in part one, so check that out. What we do have um, produced within the mitochondria is another form of melatonin, mm. which is called subcellular melatonin, mm. which primarily is uh, in response to infrared light that mm. is... Um, so 
light from the sun hitting the skin mm. produces this um, subcellular melatonin mm -hmm. um, and from biophoton release. So when we talked about um, uh, electrons being lost and creating this little tiny explosion, this tiny little fireworks of mm. biophoton release, when that happens a lot, it then generates this subcellular melatonin release as an mm. antioxidant. Mm. So in response to stress, the body produces this subcellular melatonin, which mm. doesn't it doesn't necessarily affect sleep. Mm. Um, it's more about calming these lost electrons to help maintain a healthy electron transport chain mm -hmm. and helps modulate any cellular damage so mm. inflammation so mm. it's really important that we get some sunshine on bare skin not with sunscreen not with moisturizer or anything else just bare skin mm. to get some some uh some of this infrared light ideally first thing in the morning is mm. a good time um which is another reason why I personally recommend that people go for a half hour walk in the morning, get yeah. some sunshine on your skin, get a walk in, just a gentle one, let the blue light hit your eyes. Um, don't get sunburnt. That's the only thing that needs to be really emphasized so subcellular melatonin is really important it is produced in response to infrared light we can also do that with um so near infrared light devices can be helpful mm -hmm. um the reason for near infrared light is that it's it, it stimulates that response without the heat mm. so um and it can stimulate more um, mitochondria to be produced within mm. the cells as well. So that's yeah. an, another reason for those near-infrared devices that some people think are nonsense, but it turns out they're not. There are papers to there prove papers. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and something I just read about in my notes about this subcellular melatonin is that it also helps to correct the distance between proteins in the electron transport, transport chain, chain within the mitochondria, which helps the mitochondria reestablish water production to the correct structure. Yeah. So like, like mel this subcellular melatonin does that. And I'm also reading, it, it still hasn't fully soaked into my being yet, but I've written this note a couple of times that, Infrared is always available in sunlight. And when you are outside, you are naturally exposed to the exact right frequency of infrared to meet the needs of your mitochondria. Mm. So when you're outside, subcellular melatonin increases to meet the demand of exactly what your mitochondria need in that moment based on the light that they're receiving. Like, Oh, 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 like it's so good. And again, like it's so, you can really simplify it. You can get yeah. really complex with it. But I think either yeah. way, it, it's just so good to reiterate these things. Yeah. 
yeah. yeah. Oh, and I should also mention yeah. um, grounding. So yeah. taking your shoes off yeah. when you go out in the morning to get a few minutes of sunlight into, into your retinas to mm-hmm. set your circadian rhythm. Mm. Take your shoes off, stand on the grass. Yep. It only takes a split second, but that will help to release some of or to uh, discharge mm. any um, excessive negative charge that you have in, in the body. Well, I'm not sure because I, I would have said it the opposite. I would have said that it repletes electron status it ensures adequate electron yeah status so it can so it can do both it, it, it's two it yeah oh and, and i guess by default the earth will always have a higher electron i'm just not sure of the right wording the earth has more electrons than we do yeah <laughs> <laughs> so the earth is always willing to offer electrons if that's what you need and so having this barefoot contact with the earth with soil with grass um and certainly being around any natural body of water is also is also great for that and and when you say that the earth you know offers up the 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 appropriate electron status it's not we're not talking woo-woo here this is just basic chemistry yeah. This is just an exchange of electrons that happens naturally when one thing becomes in contact with another, yeah. you know. <laughs> and so, yes, even, don't get it twisted, even if I'm wording it woo-woo, <laughs> this is not woo-woo. Mm. Look it up. Look it up, man. Look it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. So, yes, adequate electron status with the earth, natural bodies of water, and then I, oh, I guess, do you want to talk about, I guess, what is the last point? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so the last thing you can do to improve mitochondrial function, Julie, go. Well, EMFs, does it sound scary? <laughs> does it take you back to 2020? <laughs> <gasps> There's COVID yeah. in the 5G. <laughs> Oh, maybe we'll edit um, that out. <laughs> we've just, we've just like, there's now alerts out for our podcast. Mm. No, so non chaotic frequency environments. There are natural frequencies that occur in nature, yep. radio waves and stuff. And then there's the non natural, mm-hmm. which man made man-made which occurs with things like wi-fi and smart meters and phone devices and the airpods that are in my ears at the moment um and i will just note that when i put my airpods in i can feel it in my lymph nodes yep i so these these are head i'm wearing headphones sorry no one's seeing the video of this but i'm wearing over the ear headphones that are currently plugged into my computer and they're, they're actually a present from someone that I used to live with. And he told me that he's like, oh, I'm thinking of getting you headphones because you've mentioned this. And I said, cool, cool, cool. Um, they need to be able to do non-Bluetooth mode. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, I'll ask the company. 
<laughs> because because I I got into the hang of using uh, Bluetooth headphones too often and I would get headaches and my sleep would be disrupted and I just get a feeling or a noise in my head. Um, yeah. And, and it's yeah. just not right is, is yeah. the best way I can describe it. Yeah. Well, when I put them on today, I mean, I, I think about it all the time, every time I put my AirPods in. Um, but I, it, when we were going to talk about this today, I thought I really need to get some wired headphones. So that's what I'm going to do. It's on the list. It's on the list. And it just goes to show you can know all of this stuff um, but not have it all addressed. I do all of the other things, but at this stage, my very expensive AirPods need to be replaced. <laughs> yeah. And it's 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 actually shocked. Yeah, I am kind of shocked at just how ubiquitous airpods are and wireless headphones are now like it's just even people yeah even i I would say a lot of the health conscious communities Mm. that i've partake in i don't see people many people wearing wired headphones and i'm just like that's a lot of exposure really close to your head and 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 i and i'll happily say this at the risk of sounding woo-woo i was certainly Oh, incredibly skeptical about it, you know, only a few years ago. But yeah. I, I just, you know what? I just believe that it's not an environment we should be exposing our fragile human bodies to. And, and yeah. but we're we're creating these fields in our home. Our homes are just mm. several electromagnetic fields just toppled over each other, right? Like. Yeah, you've got the Wi-Fi, and then you've got the Wi-Fi extender and PowerPoints, and then the smart meter at the front of the house, and and then and then oh oh shout out to <laughs> shout out to people with um like Google Homes and just like smart everything, and you can all control it on your phone, and it's all like over the Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. Like mm. th- there is a part of me that just like loves this like level of modern tech, but yeah, at what cost and i really hate to sound melodramatic but like we know all diseases are rising right like is there any disease that other than maybe like i don't know really frank infectious diseases that are easily cured with like an antibiotic or a vaccine but lifestyle diseases yeah are just increasing chronic chronic diseases are increasing exponentially yeah. Well, acute diseases we've taken care of with antibiotics and with surgery yeah. and, you know, they're, they're relatively easy things to deal with now. But the chronic yeah. diseases that appear to have no direct cause. Yeah. Like autoimmune conditions. Yeah. So, and obviously there's so many factors that go into that, you know, movement what you're eating, where the food is coming from. Like there's just so many, so many layers there, but I, I'm just no longer willing to believe that the, the electromagnetic fields that we're exposed to has nothing to do with it. Like we yeah. are electric beings. I can just no longer believe that it's totally harmless. And I think you're a fool if you aren't even willing to look into it. And I'm very happy to say that on this podcast because I'm feeling very passionate right now. Yeah. 
Woo. No, I agree, I agree with you too because yeah, there, there was there was a time when I thought, oh, the five G, um, mm. you know, it was all another conspiracy theory. But being the curious scientist that I am, mm. if there's something like that that's that's posited, mm. I want to know why because mm. you know generally people aren't stupid. And mm. there's a there's a a nugget of something, a nugget of truth there. So you mm. want to look into it and and do a bit of research on it. And it's now having this understanding of of the flow of electrons and and mitochondrial function that I've seen how the mechanism works. Mm. That, this non-chaotic frequency environment can mess us up. And the for the good news, Corinda, oh. how how can we what can we do about it other than not be in the frequency? <laughs> what can, we, what say, can we do that's beneficial? I was gonna say, um, yeah, burn all your electronics and live in the woods. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or just go in the woods. Or just go in the woods, yeah. Just, um, just spend time in the woods. My first genuine tip on that front was to be, as a start, phone on aeroplane mode while you sleep. And you know what? That's a non-negotiable. Phone on aeroplane mode at the least while you sleep. Yeah. If you keep it on the side table or worse, just straight on your mattress or under your pillow, it, oh, mm. I most ideally it should be off and not in the bedroom overnight and you should have an yeah. old-fashioned alarm clock that doesn't need any I was going to say power. electricity but power but yeah. but even battery alarm clocks is power right I, I like there I am getting too technical yeah but they don't they're not going to be generating a right a frequency Field. that's yeah 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 yeah, a significant field. I guess there must be a field, but it's limited in its right. capacity to affect you. And so I guess also because I mentioned airplane mode and turning your phone off, like the difference there is just obviously the, the frequency that it generates. Airplane yeah. mode is going to generate less of a frequency than if your phone was receiving all the, like, you know, a mobile signal and a Wi-Fi signal and Bluetooth signal. But obviously an off phone is going to be receiving, it is going to be creating little to no frequency compared to aeroplane mode so there's yeah. you know tier it for yourself choose choose yeah. the option that feels most doable for you to start with um yeah. and then depending on how much control you have over your household strongly consider turning off your wi-fi router overnight as well mm. um they're my most practical tips that for whatever reason, maybe because it's 2024 feel incredibly radical. There's a lot of, um, there are a lot of products out there that are like yeah. EMF shields and, you know, and I'm sure Julie, you'd agree with me for the most part. I'm actually not, I'm actually not sure uh, um, mm. how viable those products are. I know there would be really legitimate ones out there my guess is that they're going to be incredibly expensive. So if you're buying a $30 phone case that says it blocks EMFs, you know, or shields, you know, the frequency that's coming from your phone. Um, second, I would question that before buying that on that um, advantage alone. 
Yeah. I I would like to bring up a point on that. Yes. That if it blocks the if it truly blocks the frequency. Yeah. You can test that by trying to make a phone call. Yeah. Or using the internet. Because yeah. if it truly is blocking the frequency, you won't be able to use your phone. So yeah. I would say that something like that is a bit pointless. Yeah. Because you could just put your phone in another room. Yeah. For when you don't need to use it. Yeah. Distance is is an important tool here, hey? Yeah. Also, yeah. side note, just to like really drive this point home, and look, we will do so. We're going to do another episode on water. We're going to do another episode on EMFs. We're going to do an episode on glyphosate because they all tie into mitochondria. And these have all felt like very important topics for Julie and myself lately. But just to drive this EMF point home, um, there was some research that they did with bees and uh, man-made EMFs, uh, like putting phones near beehives and stuff. And um, yeah. Turns out it fucks with the bees and uh, bees are really important for production of crops and the food that we eat. So let's. Uh... It's really interesting because bees communicate with vibration. Yep. And frequency. Wow. Yep. We don't know it all, folks. We can't see it all. There is so much that we can't see that is still real and genuinely mm. impacts our mm. entire lives and so i think we just need to stretch stretch our minds a bit yeah yeah sorry to end on like the most woo woo note i could have ended oh, on. Oh, no well let's end on a nice note is that you can just go into nature yeah and and sit in nature mm. and being in the environment can help negate some of these negative effects yeah so it's at the end of the day, the answers to this are pretty simple and accessible. Yeah. They don't, they don't cost money, might take yeah. a little bit of time. But that time that you might spend, say, scrolling on your phone, doom scrolling on your phone for half an hour or an hour, mm. just put the phone away, walk mm. away from the phone, walk away from your device. Mm-hmm. And just go and sit and commune with nature like some kind of freaky hippie. Yeah. Try it out. <laughs> you might <laughs> love it. <laughs> Maybe have a go at meditating or just, I don't know, watching clouds or something. Oh, I love it. It's one of my favourite pastimes now, lying yeah, on the grass too. watching clouds. Oh, you can let your brain do whatever it wants to do. Yeah. Giving You're giving yourself stillness and, oh. Yeah, yeah. I, um, it's a bit of a diversion, but I thought it was a f- funny thing to end on. Um, a comedian that was talking about how uh, we all need to be mindful and do mindfulness. Mm. And um, obviously this comedian is of my era because um, he said something along the lines of, we all used to do this all the time. But we called it waiting for the bus. Yeah. Or... <laughs> without without phones. Right? All these times, you know, when you, as soon as you sit down in a restaurant, you're waiting for a friend, you pull your phone out, right? Yeah. Back in the olden days, we didn't have that. It was waiting so you for just a friend. Had, you, it was called waiting. <laughs> it was just <laughs> called waiting, you know. 
<laughs> mindfulness was just waiting and yeah. I, it's i i thought that was really i mean it was funny but it was also interesting too that how again this subtle change has taken over humans mm. as a species that you know we've all got these devices now that now take away another part of what what it what regulated us what helped yeah. us was just yeah. this just five minutes of downtime while we waited for something yeah right mm. oh I, okay i like i like that joke that that makes a lot of sense to me and i'm sure it's going to resonate with a lot of people and invitation next time you're waiting for the tram or bus or train see just experiment just play with what your body does when you're not re reaching for your phone and scrolling on your phone look yeah. at something look at the building that's nearby look at the cars going by look at the yeah. look at where you can see the sky from where you're standing or sitting <sighs> get to know yourself a bit hey yeah yeah sans device yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i think we leave it there yeah i think so because we've there's a lot to cover in our next one and i think breaking it up like this makes it a little bit less chunky yeah more digestible which we love because we're naturopaths yeah yeah and we care about your digestion <laughs> in all forms <laughs> yes <laughs> so if it's a lot if you're feeling overwhelmed, take a breath. It's not our intention at all. Take a breath, touch some grass, look mm -hmm. at some natural sunlight. You've got this. You've yep. got this. We've all got this. Yeah. Yeah. And Corinda will share in the notes mm. a tip for um, where you can get blue blocker glasses. Yes. Because I know that's a question that we get asked a lot is where um you know good quality blue blocker glasses because there's some cheap ones that maybe aren't as effective agree and, agree and i've um, fallen for those cheap ones so you're not yeah, alone me too yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i'll yeah i'll pop the links in the show notes for that um and there'll be a few other show notes so yeah highly recommend if there's an episode to check out the show notes it's probably this episode because we've got a lot to share <laughs> yeah fantastic all right we will catch you in the next one. See ya. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Nuanced Naturopaths. Be sure to ask us any questions you have below, engage with the polls, and we'll catch you in the next one.